With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Midlife Mail Podcast with Greg Scheiman. Brought to you by Inns Group Insurance. Inns Group is insuring success. From the Gal Media Studios, here's Greg Scheinman. On the show today, I've got Eric Hinman. Eric is a CrossFit and endurance athlete. He's a two-time Kona Ironman. He's the co-founder of Urban Life Athlete and the restaurant Original Grainsters. He's also got a new project called Fellow Gent. We're going to sit down and talk to Eric Hinman, entrepreneur, innovator, and athlete on the Greg Scheinman Podcast. Eric, thanks for, for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. And uh, first, let, let me ask you, in, insurance to fitness, how does that happen? Okay. happens over time. <laughs> the the uh, 10,000 hour rule and when your interests change, uh, you pursue them. So um, I started out of college in insurance. Uh, it was a family business. My father managed a property and casualty insurance company in a small town in upstate New York for uh, 30 years. And I grew up in that business, working from him and learning from him and really le- learning a lot of leadership skills from him. So out of college in 2002, uh, the, basically the Monday after I graduated, I took the property and casualty insurance course to get my license. And uh, I solicited niche markets in upstate New York, mainly campgrounds, marinas, hotels, and motels, and was able to build up a book of business uh, just by hustling and going door-to-door and visiting clients and becoming an expert in that field. So uh, that was my insurance story. It was my day-to-day from 2002 until about 2009. And in 2009, I hired someone uh, as a customer service rep to start managing the business for me and dealing with clients. And it allowed me to step away and pursue other things. And that was my first lesson, really, in entrepreneurship. If you want to own multiple businesses, that you have to learn uh, when and how to delegate, automate, and eliminate things. So you can free yourself up to do other things and really maximize your value and what you know you uniquely bring to the table um, so that led me into software. That was my second company that I co-founded, um, building mobile applications for clients across the country. Uh, we have a plethora of really bright college students here in Syracuse, New York, at Syracuse University in Cornell. So I had no knowledge in programming, but uh, it was very early in the app revolution and teamed up with a number of really bright Syracuse students that were able to build uh, technology for uh, companies to solve their problems. So it was mainly B2B sales, building mobile apps for companies uh, across the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, I started to get back into fitness, and it was more just uh, I had gotten out of shape from driving all around, uh, just really focusing on business. And I was a high school athlete. I played basketball in college. I was big into weightlifting in college, and uh, in my late 20s, I realized that 
uh, you know, I was getting out of shape and I wanted to look good and feel good again. So I hired a personal trainer and started doing CrossFit type workouts. And that over time led to running again, biking, and then triathlon and most recently CrossFit. So it was an evolution over, uh, about a 10-year period, and uh, triathlon is the sport that I ended up taking most seriously and completing five Ironmans uh, while I was involved in the in the software company. Wow. Uh- amazing amazing stuff you know and as i as i sit here i listen again to you know your your journey has kind of started as as you were saying on on the insurance side more traditional business and then evolved into entrepreneurship and a combination of your athleticism fitness into into the businesses and the and the branding that you're doing doing now um but but i identify with it so much um you know, mine was a little bit of the opposite starting more on the entrepreneurial side with a number of different businesses um you know, ultimately selling one, selling one out and then evolving into actually insurance myself on the risk management side and saying, how do I work with entrepreneurs that are doing all the things that I'm interested in? Uh, you know, food and, and fitness um, and tech and all of those things. Uh, and it was my way of getting back into something a little bit more traditional as a business, which led me to get back into better shape as well. And you know, similarly, after, after being involved in some, so many different businesses, kind of, uh, Having some kids and falling out of shape and traveling, um, got back into it and got back into cro- and, and got introduced to CrossFit like you and have, uh, and the similarities there into a few triathlons. Not certainly to your elite level. Um, now I'm pretty obsessed with the with the decathlon, the D10 decathlon. If you're familiar with that at all, mm-hmm. um, and just continuing to try to stay uh, stay up on uh, and at the forefront of what's going on in in fitness as well. So with let me let me ask you a little bit also as as you're as you're into this because I want to touch on some topical things too and just get your get your insight on it um, you know different trends and things that are going on in in fitness and what you think you're doing hearing a lot and, and seeing a lot with with cryotherapy cold therapy um, in there what's what's your take in on on that kind of stuff doing CrossFit training, so I'm 36. It's super taxing on your body. It's a lot of Olympic lifting. It's a lot of cons where, you know, you're going as hard as you can at 100%. And you can only do that for so long every single day. You know, right now I'm training about three hours a day, split up into two sessions. And, you know, what you do with those other 21 hours is incredibly important to be able to do it again the next day. So, um, I've learned with every year how much recovery uh, is important in the grand scheme of things. It's almost more important than uh, putting in the, the work. So uh, cryotherapy is incredible. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a cryotherapy uh, studio here in Syracuse, but when I travel, I'll usually go to one, and it works. It works wonders. Um, anything that will get your circulation going helps tremendously with recovery. So my biggest thing that I do is I just I move constantly throughout the day. You'll never catch me sitting uh, unless I'm on a plane. I eat standing up. I'm walking everywhere, running everywhere. Uh, I'm, you know, working out quite a bit during the day and just I'm constantly moving. So, you know, I don't get stiff and I keep that circulation going. Um, I also take uh, an hour salt bath every single night, and that's worked wonders for, for recovery. 
Um, so, you know, there's a, a million different things that you can do. It's what's most accessible to you. You know, cryotherapy certainly gets expensive if you're doing that every single day. But mm-hmm. if you want to really maximize your time, you know, you go in there for three minutes and uh, it works wonders for how you're going to feel afterwards and, and the next day to be able to train again. Sure. How are, how are you on on diet, uh, whether it's paleo? I know you're in, obviously, you know, with CrossFit, there's a lot in the paleo world there whether it's grain-free, ketones, you know, what, what, are you, what are you doing in terms of your diet? Yep, so I don't classify myself as any particular diet type. Uh, I eat mainly vegetables. I don't eat a lot throughout the day because I'm, I, I usually train from 10 to 12 and then again from 2 to 3 or 3.30-ish. Uh, in, I'll give you my routine. Uh, in the morning, I have coffee with uh, grass-fed butter and coconut oil. Uh, that's just my morning fuel to go into the gym and uh, be able to, to start training. So, you know, essentially fasted when I get into the gym. Uh, while I'm training uh, from 10 to 12, I'll have a best bar, which is a all-natural food bar. Um, that gives me the carbs that I need to be able to lift heavy weights and, you know, do the Metcons in the morning. And then I co-own a restaurant, so I go there every single day for lunch, and I have the exact same salad. It's uh, pretty much all vegetables, mixed greens, edamame, broccoli, some sweet potatoes, uh, kimchi, a little bacon, two eggs. Um, that's my lunch every single day. And then I go back to the gym, train again. And in the evening, again, it's a rotation of usually three different venues. I usually have dinner meetings. Uh, and I'll, I'll get the same salad at each of those locations. And it's, again, usually mixed greens with Brussels sprouts, uh, a couple eggs, um, usually a little larger salad than what I have at, uh, at lunchtime. And then in the evening when uh, I'm really doing most of my work, getting through emails, uh, I'll snack on cashew butter. And so the evening is when I really consume the majority of my calories. But it's not a lot of carbs. It's a lot of vegetables, uh, healthy fats. Um, you know, I very rarely eat processed foods. I very rarely eat sugar. Uh, when I do, I mean, I really, really feel it. I feel awful the next day and, you know, super achy, tremendous inflammation from it just because my body's not used to it anymore. Mm. So diet is incredibly important. And, you know, I know I'm probably the opposite of what most say to do, <laughs> taking in most of my calories later in the evening. But, that works best for me, just being able to have energy to exercise multiple times during the day instead of my body taking that to break down the food. Sure. You know, what you just touched on also is, is, is something I want to go back to. What works best for you and kind of deciding on, on or finding out and discovering how, how, how what does things do work for you. Um, and for most people, figuring out what works for them, you know, is, is, is a challenge. And you mentioned your workout schedule and your day. Let's, let's talk a little bit about, about you know, balance and, and how you fit it all in and how you kind of divide up your day. You touched on it with your, with your workouts, but obviously you've got to balance that with your business ventures um, and everything else that you're, that you're doing. So how do you break, break down the rest of kind of the day and how do you, how do you tackle it all? Sure. So in the mornings, I'm usually up around seven and I'm doing a lot of social media in the morning. So with my various businesses, I'm no longer involved in operations in any of them, which gives me the freedom and flexibility to, you know, travel as I wish, to uh, exercise when I like to. Um, 
and I keep my days super structured. So the mornings, it's doing social media stuff, both for my personal brand and various businesses, kind of planning the day, uh, going through any emails that I wasn't able to get to the night before. Uh, I always set up two lunch meetings, and they're generally either with business partners uh, at the various ventures I'm involved in or entrepreneurs. I My newest thing is angel investing, and I really enjoy interacting with other entrepreneurs and uh, providing value, but also just getting tremendous energy from, from them. Um, I love people that are creative and that, uh, you know, create their own destiny. And then uh, afternoon training. After training, I usually schedule phone calls from about 4 until 6.30, and I combine that with usually my salt bath in the evening. And then I usually have a dinner meeting in the evening, again, either with business partners or an entrepreneur. And then from 7.30, 8 o'clock until about 10, uh, I let my emails and a lot of the messages on social media accumulate throughout the day. And that's usually when I'll just tackle them in bulk. Mm. So obviously, I mean, you're, you're, you're structured uh, and, and you've got this balanced and you're, and you're in control of your schedule and how, and how you do things. How has it been in terms of delegating and maybe relinquishing some control that you mentioned to the companies and, and things that you're involved in um, and kind of develop that, that trust with your staff and your businesses so that you're able to do all these things that you talk about without um, having it compromise, I guess, or sacrifice the, the progress or success of your businesses? Yeah, so in the beginning it was very difficult. Uh, with my insurance business, I was glued to my BlackBerry uh, you know, couldn't go on vacation without answering phone calls the entire day. And once I realized the power of delegation and that, you know, you don't have to do everything, that you should really just focus on what you're best at, I became, I mean, that's essentially what I'm best at now is delegating, automating, and eliminating things. And that's what I spend most of my days doing is doing that, and other people are executing on a lot of that. Uh, but in the beginning, it's certainly tough. Uh, and also... In the creation phase of a business, uh, it's super important to be really hands-on. So, you know, when, when I started the fitness facility that I co-own, when I started the restaurant that I co-own, I was very involved in, you know, the nitty-gritty of building that brand. Uh, but now going forward, whenever I get involved in something, I'm very upfront that, you know, I'll be involved early on in helping create the business, putting the different pieces in place, the various professional services that we'll need, uh, you know, getting people really excited about the service or product. And, you know, then, uh, you know, I, I make sure I partner with someone who's super experienced with operations in that business um, so that, you know, I won't have to be sucked into it. And usually social media and marketing events, collaboration, that's, uh, that's my value add in anything. And I'll do that early on, and then usually it's just finding someone that's a good fit to help take that stuff over and that can continue to uh, uh, just stay on that same brand path for that various company. So, you know, outsourcing the social media for the restaurant, outsourcing the social media for the fitness facility, but making sure that the person who is running it uh, is conveying the same message and staying true to the brand that, uh, that the founders built. Mm -hmm. You talk about... Again, you know, the fitness and your schedule and, and fitness and these other businesses. At what point did you kind of turn the corner and say, okay, I can evolve even my own personal fitness into 
into more of a career or monetization and, and branded around both, both yourself personally, again, and the businesses that you wanted to be involved in. When, when did you do kind of get that going? in the last year, and honestly, it's still a work in progress. So, you know, I've learned over time that the larger engaged, captive audience you have, the better you're going to be able to do in my role for anything you're involved in. So, you know, having a, a following on social media of people, you know, that are authentic and engaged with you is not only helpful for my personal brand if I'm promoting products, it's also helpful for the various businesses that I'm involved in because you have eyeballs that are, you know, watching, that are engaged, that you can communicate to. Um, so it, it, it works well for, you know, personally with the businesses, but it's really in the last, I would say, six months that I've started to understand how to build a community around it and then how to monetize that, you know, what brands are looking for when you promote posts for them, when you are involved in photo shoots, when you're promoting uh, various deals and discounts that they're offering, when you're promoting new products, product launch. So, um, and again, it's, for me, it's just been being really authentic and, and true to myself and my brand is inspiring people, uh, both in fitness and entrepreneurship, um, inspiring people to follow their passions, inspiring people um, sharing my story that really anything is possible if you just focus and, and put the time and effort in. Um, and, you know, it's, it's paid off now with brands that will sponsor posts and getting behind me. But I try to be really careful with the brands that I work with, just making sure that they're authentic to, to me, you know, my, my personal brands, or it's something that I'm involved in, a product or service that I use so that, you know, I'm not just selling something. I don't, I'm, I, I've never been a hard seller. Uh, I like to, you know, add value. And if it's authentic to me, you know, I know that people will buy into it. So the next, the next level for that, as you talked about how you, how you approach those brands, wh where's the, where's the growth or where do you see, see your personal brand growing and, and, and what type of what type of work is really inspiring you now, and what is it that you that you want to do? So, personal brand, it's continuing to grow it, continuing to build a, a following of an engaged people, a community, um, adding more pillars. Uh, for you know, a number of years, it was built mainly just on triathlon. And then, you know, it started to be health and wellness in general, just anyone that was looking to, you know, be fit and li live a healthier lifestyle. And more recently, I've added in a lot more stuff about entrepreneurship, a lot more about lifestyle, a lot more um, about finding your purpose and, you know, monetizing your, your passion. So I'm, I'm trying to add more pillars in so that, you know, it's, it's me. Uh, and as you add more pillars you become more attractive to more companies, you know, um, Cartier, Men's Cologne, they're probably not going to be interested in me promoting their product if it's just, you know, people that are interested in me because of health and wellness. But, you know, if I build a lifestyle brand and I have people that are just interested in my lifestyle, then all of a sudden Cartier is interested in, you know, promoting their, their products using, um, using my audience. So, mm. It's, it's just kind of broadening the pillars. That's the goal. And then working with more companies that I'm passionate about. I love helping smaller companies, but 
you know, eventually I would like to be working with some of the larger companies that are really putting, you know, serious money behind influencer marketing. And, you know, we're still in the infancy of, of influencer marketing. I truly believe that in the next five years, um, you know, a housewife in a suburban town that has 800 followers, you know, uh, Chevy might pick her up as an influencer because she has a super engaged following. And, you know, while she might not be reaching as many people as a Kim Kardashian, the people that she is reaching are really engaged with her. They believe in her and may more likely buy a vehicle because of her uh, shouting from the rooftops, telling people how great their product is compared to, you know, someone who, you know, is just getting paid tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to to promote that. Well, sure. I think that that. What's fa- what's great about that is again the credibility factor. You know when when exactly. you know I talk to you and, and, and you're looking at more, it's quote unquote real people. You know if you will who are out there actually lifting the weight, wearing the product, eating the eating the meal. Uh, it has a lot more authenticity and credibility to it than as you said, just a paid paid endorser. Um, you know even just just thinking entrepreneurially uh, like that. Is this? Are you representing? representing yourself um do you have representation uh, is this the kind of thing you say okay um who's helping you know again maximize your your brand to, to both working with those the smaller companies which you can probably approach also but again getting out there to to some of the bigger ones as your brand grows so uh up until very recently it was me doing it it was me reaching out to products and services that I was interested in representing, that I used, that I loved, and, you know, just letting them know that, uh, hey, I would love to promote you. Is there a relationship that we can establish? Um, but again, I mean, you know, that only goes so far. So recently I linked up with VaynerMedia, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's company out of New York, and they're going to start helping me, uh, you know, link up with much larger brands. Uh, that have influencer marketing programs. So, um, but you have to start somewhere, you know. Uh, and that was through a connection in a small apparel company that I'm involved in in New York that I had been helping for the last year to year and a half. Um, and just uh, out of the kindness of my heart, because I love their product, and uh, I met this person through them. So it was a very organic. It wasn't. Uh, they didn't reach out to me. I wasn't soliciting them. It was through a mutual connection and uh you know i'm a true believer in what i call collecting dots just being out there meeting a lot of people and knowing eventually that things are going to align uh and opportunities will present themselves what's what's the clothing company if you don't mind sharing yeah the clothing company is wallaco way of life athletic company they make compression uh pants that i pretty much live in (laughs) (laughs) while training and outside of training they're uh, in New York. Okay, yeah, I've seen them on uh, through through your Instagram. It was uh, kind of they're not down here in Houston, Texas yet. I don't believe. <laughs> they're not. No, I'm sure they would like to be selling some products there, though. No, the great stuff- company and, and great passionate entrepreneurs behind it. Um, so someone that I you know absolutely love to represent. I love their product, and you know it just it it's it's weaved into my lifestyle, so it's very easy for me to promote them. Mm-hmm. So. Syrac- 
are you doing, are you continuing to travel? I, I guess, first of all, it, it looks like you're everywhere. You know, when, when I, fo- when I follow yeah. you uh, and, and communicate, but then at the same time, you were so, you know, prompt and got back to me right away, you know, to be on this. Are you doing a lot of traveling right now? And then how does that affect, uh, how does that affect the training? How does that affect the business ventures as, as well? Yeah, so, I, yes, I am traveling a lot. I love to travel. It's uh, something I preach constantly. Uh, I think it's so important to get out, see new things, meet new people, get inspired, and then, you know, you have to be inspired to inspire others. Um, I'm in New York often, usually one to two times a month, and that's either for different photo shoots with brands I'm involved in or I invested in several businesses in New York, so meeting with them. Um and while I'm there, I always try to meet new people uh, a lot. It's very easy for me now to meet people in the fitness industry, so oftentimes I'll do that. But lately I've been networking more into the food uh, industry there and bringing my business partner uh, in the restaurant that I co-own here with me so that he can interact with those people that are you know, really doing things in a big pond and scaling their businesses. So, you know... I'm a huge believer in learning what the best in the world are doing and you know, then applying it yourself. Um, when I travel, my days are similar. I try to structure them pretty much the same. Um, I make sure that I stay near a fitness facility that I can get my training in at. Um, I'm near a running trail or, or path of some kind that I can run on. Um, I can't do the salt bath, but I usually try to book an infrared sauna, you know, something that will help me with recovery so that I can train again the next day. And then, you know, same eating, you know, my eating varies. I, I, I am a foodie, so I certainly like to explore and go to different restaurants and try things. But I usually stick with that same structure of lunch meetings, dinner meetings, um, and having my calls at the same time. And again, with the businesses that I'm involved in uh, as a partner, um, you know, I can be as involved as I want to be, or I can disappear for a month at a time and, and really not be missed. So, and, you know, I've, it took time to be able to do that. It certainly wasn't overnight, but I'm at a point now where, you know, I'm, it's no longer the creation phase of any of them. So um, my value has really been maximized, and they can run on their own. So what advice would you give for to, to a younger entrepreneur, up-and-coming entrepreneur, or you know, somebody looking to be involved in, I guess, influencer marketing or is passionate about their respective field. From the outside, I'd looking in, um, it looks like obviously a fantastic life. Every picture is is beautiful. You know, you're in you're in fantastic shape. You're wearing great products and promoting great products. But the work that goes in behind that, um, I don't think there's probably the the reality is not always the always the perception. And I guess what challenges have you faced, and what advice would you give to to others that are that are looking to again turn their passions into an actual career and and or brand? Yeah. So I mean, first it's uh, figuring out your purpose and what you're passionate about and what your unique talents are that no one else can do. So, you know, for me, uh, working out training is incredibly important to me. That's not something anyone else can do for me. No one else can go to the gym for two hours and get me fit. I have to do that. So, um, it's, it's prioritizing things that only you can do and only you can do best. And it's also figuring out like what you really, really enjoy first. So, you know, it may not be fitness. It might be cooking in a restaurant. You might absolutely love that. And if it is, then that's what you should focus on and really try and delegate, automate, or eliminate everything else so you can maximize your value and what you're best at. 
And then as far as the influencer marketing, um, it's, you know, first figuring that out and then being true to yourself and figuring out what your brand is. Um, you know, are you, do you inspire people? Are you funny? Do you make people laugh? Um, do you have some kind of unique talent that others would be really interested in and you can share knowledge that only you have in that talent? Um, and then ultimately it's, it's building a community, um, so, like with the restaurant and the fitness facility, I always say we're we're selling an experience. That's why people are coming here. Certainly, we have to have a good product. We have to get people fit. We have to have good food. But ultimately, we're sharing an experience with people, and that's why they they come back. And uh, with social media, I think it's all about creating a community, uh, people interacting with your personal brand, and. Um, just getting value from it, becoming inspired by it, and just feeling like they're part of this this great community that you know they landed on a source of knowledge or a source of inspiration that they didn't otherwise have. Um, and through that, you end up building a, a community. And as long as you engage with those people and, and make them really feel like they're part of it, your following will grow just organically and naturally. And you know, as that grows, that's when you become attractive to larger brands to promote their products. And, you know, obviously high-quality photos in that. Uh, I started, when I first started Instagram, it was just taking pictures with my phone. Now I very, very rarely post anything on my feed that is taken with a phone. It's usually taken either with my high-end camera or a professional photographer that I set up regular photo shoots with, so I constantly have good content. Um and, you know, all of the messages that I'm writing, most of them are unique to me, things I've learned throughout my years, either in fitness or in entrepreneurship, um, and, you know, sharing that with people. So it's, it's something unique that only I can provide, and, uh, you know, my community feels like they're getting something out of it. You know, it always looks, again, like, you know, everything is, is successful. You know, the line is always going up. You're hitting those PRs and not necessarily you, but, uh, you know, from, from social media. And again, when you, when you look into different ventures and different people, it always looks again, the PRs are there every day. The business ventures are all going great. But where I like to kind of peel, peel it back a little bit also is on what maybe hasn't gone so, so great and maybe overcoming certain obstacles. Are there any particular, um, events, um, whether it be through, through the triathlons and Ironmans or through entrepreneurship, and you said, okay, you know, that one knocked me down, but it's, but it's not how I get down. It, it's, okay, here's how I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back up and respond to, to this one. Yeah, I mean, life is, is peaks and valleys. Uh, life's a roller coaster ride in anything you do. <laughs> there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows. I've certainly had fair shares of being knocked down and uh, I mean, I'll share one story with triathlon. Um, in 2013, uh, about 10 days before the the race that I had been training literally for the prior two years for to try and qualify for Kona, um, I had a, a, a bike crash going about 25 miles per hour on a road here in Syracuse and uh, ended up banging up my finger really bad, uh, skinning my chin, I had about 25 stitches in my chin and three to five stitches in uh, in my finger, road rash all over the place. 
and wasn't able to swim at all leading up to the race and didn't know if I was even going to be able to swim in the race because it hurt so much to put any pressure on, on my finger that had the stitches in it. Um, but uh, I ended up contacting the race officials and asking if I could buddy tape my fingers, which was the only way that I could put any pressure on them to be able to swim and just stayed positive, you know. Uh, that was all I could do. You know, time was the only thing that was going to heal it, and I didn't have much time. So I ended up racing, and, you know, the adrenaline took over and made it through the swim, got on the bike, had a great bike, great run, and qualified for Kona that year. Uh, but, you know, I mean, 10 days before the race, I thought I was going to have to withdraw from it after training for two years. Um, so it, plenty of ups and downs. It's really just whenever... Whenever you have a down, I think it's realizing the more you have, the the more you realize that they're just speed bumps. There's very few things in life that, you know, really, really affect your course tremendously. So whenever I encounter something that seems like a tremendous hardship at the time, I just look back on any other hardship that I faced and, you know, say, hey, you know, this is going to suck for three days. This is going to be terrible for a week, but... You know, it's going to be a speed bump in life and just remain positive. Look at the positive side of it instead of dwelling on the negative. And I think too many people, you know, always just dwell on the negative part whenever there's there's hardship instead of, you know, I lost my job. You know, I don't have income coming in. I can't support. But, you know, think of it more as an opportunity. You know, oh, wow, now I can pursue what I really love. I can work for this company that's out here that I've been following on social media and, you know, I'm really interested in. So. I mean, you, you control with your mindset uh, the outcome, you know, whether you're going to be positive or negative. It's really not influenced by outside, by outside forces. I realize that. So, Who inspires you? Well, obviously, you're out there. You're inspiring a, a lot of people yourself. But who do you look to for inspiration? Um, who, who are you attracted to? Uh, I mean, on a day-to-day basis, it's, it's meeting with those entrepreneurs. Uh, I love other creative people. Um, so day to day, that is definitely who inspires me, but, uh, on a larger level, I mean, going to large cities and, and meeting with my friends there that own companies, they inspire me. Um, you know, anyone that has really scaled a business, anyone that's taken a, an enormous risk. Um, I can't point my finger to one person. I mean, Elon Musk, I think inspires a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, but you know, I can't say that a lot of people can't relate to someone who has done such grand things. So I tend to gravitate more towards people that have done things in the various industries that I'm involved in. So, you know, friends that own restaurants in New York City that have several locations, uh, friends that own fitness facilities in in larger cities that have several locations, uh, influencers that have built large followings, photographers that have built large followings, um, in each of those fields, I'm inspired by various people that I consider to be, you know, some of the some of the best in the world at their given craft. Mm-hmm. And and you'll find more often than not, it's it's not what they're doing; it's what they're not doing. Um, you know, they're focused on that. That is that's them. That's their lifestyle. They're able to make money off of it, and they're entirely focused on it. And they're not distracted by, you know, watching news or watching TV. It's it, it's their life. So uh, I find that more and more with the people that I interact with that, you know, again, it's not what they're doing. It's what they're not doing. So they can focus on what they truly love and, and the value that they, they bring to the world that's unique to them. So they're actually the more, I mean, 
you see, they're, they're actually putting out the content, following their passions, being super focused as opposed to, in a way, a, a receiver of it all. I, I agree with that, too. It seems like, you know, most of my, my contemporaries and the, and the individuals and entrepreneurs, businesses that I work with, they're not the ones on the receiving end. Or as you said, they're, they're not actually watching a lot of the content or even, you know, following a lot of others and, and, and have trouble even answering that question, too, because they're, they're content generators. You know, they're just doing what they're doing, putting their head down and focused on it. And it's amazing how successful they are. And, and you almost expect them to know certain people or know certain things. And you find out they don't because they've been just so laser focused on their own uh, on their own growth. You're so right, uh, and I don't want to shoot myself in the foot because that's obviously how I'm now monetizing my lifestyle, but I always tell people that you know, 99% of the people are watching, they're consuming, they're, uh, you know, they're not creating, and there's 1% that's creating, and if you can be that 1%, you're going to have that 99% that is your audience, and you're going to be very successful in life. So fast forward, I mean, um, you know, a year down the road, two years down the road, kind of where, where do you want to take this to? Um, what new initiatives or existing ones that you're, are you working on that you want to take to the next level? Kind of where? How do, how do you see this evolving for yourself? Uh, so I guess I'll answer it with three different paths that I'm going on right now. The influencer marketing is certainly a focus, so I want to continue to grow that community and, and work with more brands that I'm passionate about. Uh, the restaurant is a focus right now. We're opening our second location, likely in Rochester, New York, and the goal is to open up another, it's called Original Grain, uh, every four to six months, uh, starting in upstate cities, but then eventually scaling it to other cities where we have connections with operators. Um, that we think could uh, just stay true to our brand and execute on it. Uh, and then third, I'm involved in a company called Fellow Gent, a media company similar to Uncrate, um, all things cool for men. And one neat part that we have are conversations that we have with interesting gentlemen that are uh, following their passions, living with purpose, and monetizing it. So entrepreneurs, photographers, athletes, and the, the goal is in the next six to 12 months to take all of those conversations with inspiring people and turn it into a coffee table type book. Well, okay. Sounds, sounds fantastic. Tell me a little bit about Original Grain, since, since you mentioned it a few times with, with the restaurant, um, kind of the concept behind it, menu, uh, and the name on it, and the brand. Sure. So it was uh, a passion project, and... I met my business partner, Chris Biley, at uh, Urban Life, the gym that I co-own, and we both had a, a passion for eating healthy, but also experiential dining, and there was a restaurant here in Syracuse that a lot of us who eat healthy and are into health and wellness went to that closed, and we were kind of left without that place to go to every day for lunch and, and a place we like to go to for dinner, so... He was involved in, an, in another restaurant in Syracuse that uh, we could work together on some collaborative things. Uh, on their menu, they had our logo at the fitness facility uh, that depicted all of the healthy menu items. And I really liked the experience that he had created with that restaurant here in Syracuse. It was called Modern Malt. 
uh, kind of a retro diner, but he created a great brand, a great experience, and I also saw how well he was able to lead. He has a coaching background. He coached college lacrosse, and, um, you know, it's just always, uh, I always admired him for his ability to uh, to lead people and just get them motivated and get them to share his vision and his passion for the, the brand and the service. So, um he ended up leaving the restaurant, and when he left the restaurant, we started conversations about opening a restaurant together here in Syracuse. That was what we saw in other cities scaling rapidly, and also what we visited when we went to California or New York City, uh, these healthy, fast, casual restaurants, but also creating a brand around it so it wasn't just about the food. So, I mean, a year of conversations, a year of travel uh, led to us starting the brand, and um, our tagline is Kelly Vibes and New York Fresh. So a lot of the inspiration came from trips to California. It's uh, bright, airy. We play 90s hip-hop music. Um, there's white subway tile with graffiti on the wall, so kind of an urban feel. And New York Fresh, so just bringing in you know uh, local organic products and healthy food uh, that is satiating. I think it's really important that it's not just you know a garden salad. It's something that people look forward to eating every single day. So the menu ranges from grain bowls to satiating salads to nori wraps, which are giant sushi mm-hmm. burritos, uh, to avocado toast, smashed avocado toast, uh, acai bowls, smoothies, uh, buttered coffees, tea, um, and it's really taken off here in Syracuse. People have really embraced it. And, you know, I think we hit the nail on the head of bringing something that Syracuse really needed, but creating a really fun brand around it. So, you know, people people talk about it. Our food is beautiful, and, and social media has been our largest marketing source. People coming in and, and taking pictures of the food, sharing it on their social media, and then all of their friends and followers seeing it and, you know, being engaged and wanting to come in and, and try it. Do you think it, it, it's, it sounds amazing and every item you mentioned is right smack in my wheelhouse. So I'm hungry right, right about now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think being in, in Syracuse or being in a smaller market, but, a, but the proximity to, to New York city, do you think that helps you in terms of, in terms of the focus, in terms of maybe kind of being able to, to work on certain projects and, and dig in without again, being distracted or pulled in all different directions, which, I think happens to a lot of people in, in, in major markets that are constantly pivoting, you know, versus focusing. Uh, I didn't catch the very first part. Uh, I was sure. I, I was asking about, uh, do you think that being in a, in a market like Syracuse, um, has really helped you kind of focus and develop these ideas and concepts versus potentially being, a little bit more even even distracted or by by being in let's say the heart of New York City or a major market or California where where I feel like people tend to to pivot a little bit or not really kind of see things through as much yes i so I think there's tremendous opportunity in smaller cities like a Syracuse for entrepreneurs uh, first of all, it's a much lower cost of living um, lower cost of labor, lower cost of leases and real estate. Um, and, you know, for me being here, it's allowed me to execute things on a fairly low risk basis, whereas doing things in major cities, 
you know, a lot of times your focus early on is how are we going to raise a million dollars? You know, mm-hmm. it's figuring out how to raise all of that money to do it. Whereas here, it's more about, uh, well, we can create it. It's not going to be nearly as expensive as it would be in a major city. And if you create something special, there's just, there's so few brands and, you know, not nearly as much competition as a major city. If you do something right, uh, the city really embraces it. So uh, an example here is Dinosaur Barbecue. They started in, uh, in Syracuse. It was their first location. And, you know, they knocked it out of the park. They created an amazing product, an amazing experience that catered to college students, uh, families, uh, wealthy businessmen, motorcyclists. It, it just ranged the gamut. Um, and they created a brand, you know, that you feel like you're friends with. So, you know, we learned a lot of lessons from, from them and how they were able to create an amazing brand in a small upstate city. Uh, and then also really kind of following their path as we scaled. Their second location was in Rochester, and, you know, they have since opened several restaurants in New York, but, you know, they started with the smaller cities to uh, just seeing that there was so much opportunity there and, and at a much lower risk and with much less competition than going to a major city. Well, we certainly could keep talking about food. I'd love to go back and forth with you on, on, on that all the time. And uh, especially being down here in, in Texas, even the mention of barbecue uh, is going to spark a huge conversation yeah, great <laughs> for, for a while. Um, but we'd certainly love to have you down down here um, at, at any time for visiting all of your travels. I really want to thank you for all for all of your time and all of your insight into this um, Really, really inspiring stuff. Love what you're doing, uh, you know, and kind of evolving from the fitness side and into the businesses and brands that you're that you're working with and the content that you are are putting out there as a, you know, as as a guy who uh, who is interested in in all of those topics and involved in entrepreneurship and, and fitness and various businesses and and at the core one the insurance business where you uh, you kind of started out early on. Um, just appreciate seeing what you're doing and thank you for for doing the uh, for doing the show today. Yeah, thank you. This is a ton of fun, Greg. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you very much. All right. Have a good one. The Midlife Mail Podcast with Greg Scheinman was presented by Inns Group Insurance. Inns Group is ensuring success. For more information, visit innsgroup.net.